Welcome back to Frightening Frauen with Tyler and Lee. I'm sorry for that intermission because we are two chatty Cathy's, but here's the other half for you. Enjoy. I don't, oh. I'm really bad at watching movies. Like I watch TV so- shows like, like I consumed the first season of Interview with a Vampire yesterday. Just, I was doing, that's, that's what I was doing with um when I was doing the uh collaging mm-hmm. was that that's that tells you how long it took me to do the collaging because so I watched good, the entire <laughs> but I like I um I wa I I was like so I hated the movies like passionately hated the interviews because I read the books mm-hmm. way before the movies came out. I was basically a purist and I I felt like the movies could have been so much better if they had focused on the actual story because she mm-hmm. builds these rich worlds and all of this amazing. like yeah like this was, passion was. and history and detail and you know and i like um and and the movies didn't have any they they just had big name stars that didn't even act that well in the movies they were just shit Kristen like Dunst. absolute yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was just just very americanized Mm -hmm. and um so i saw that they did the series which i hadn't even heard about and i went she started working on it before she died and she had a big hand i didn't know she died oh she died sorry (laughs) her son is helping so her son who worked with her on a lot of her works at the end um is working on the show she he's a pretty good author too yeah she wrote the she wrote her parts of the show um and her what she wanted long before the show ca- came out and she was in the process of helping cast when she passed the thing uh, that that yeah. sold me on it was great gray worm was in it from from uh game of thrones like, yeah that was one, one of the few characters i liked in the show um because i didn't like game of thrones very much i know you guys you watch like, what, do you, what do you like yeah I only watched it because my friend was an extra. Like I was never gonna watch. I'm not that into fantasy stuff, and it just sounded like was it just was it didn't it sound. Friend, a, a White Walker, is that what you said? Um, he he was uh, a Black Crow. Okay, okay, and, and, and a couple. Something. He was in a bunch of different scenes as different, but but like never you can, because they blur. If you look, they blur the um, they blur the extras, so you never really get to see them. Um, but I watched it for him. And the thing is, is I had read these book series by different authors that were written before those books were written that had the same premises. And so I like, that's why I never got into the books. Cause I went, well, I've already read that. And, um, and then the TV show came out and I was like, eh, people are going to be only going super excited about it because D and D is kind of popular now. And like, you know, I just kind of like this attitude about it. And then my friend's like, well, by season two i've been an extra in it you should watch it okay i'm gonna look for the dork and you know then yeah. i just got kind of sucked into watching it like okay i've watched two seasons i might as well finish i gotta rest, find but... out what happens now yeah so but i crafted i crafted through it i didn't you know kept myself busy but um but i really like great gray worm like that whole story mm-hmm. art so i saw he was in it, it, the vampire and i was like well I'll give it a try and it's like 
it's better. It's more, it's more Anne Rice. It's more, yeah. it has more of the story, more of the, more of the, the passion. There's like, um, a little more of the history, but I feel like they're building up to having more of that history than, you know, um, in later seasons. So I'm like, I'm not mad at it. She I, always wanted to redo. So I was friends with Beckett, her assistant, and she always wanted to redo those movies because she herself didn't like how they came out um, and felt similar to you relying on big names and not the story. Um, she did like them, but she wanted to do them better. And that's why yeah. she chose to do the, she said that the best way to get the whole story out is to do a TV series so that you could get it all and you don't have, you're not like an hour and a half and yeah. we have to get it all in there. Yeah. Um, you can and tell the story longer when the movies came out that was before we had like tv series that were all about telling like the stories and i literally was like this should be a tv series so um yeah so that's cool I, you know i'll keep i'll keep watching the guy that plays lestat is much better at it than tom cruise so i mean <laughs> but he tom but he re <laughs> right <laughs> he reminds me of the actor that plays Dexter, uh, Michael, Ooh, yeah. he um, like the mouth and then the way he his and and the uh, the resonance of his voice as well. So mm -hmm. every now and again, I got a little bit of Dexter vibes going on there, but in a good way. Yeah, I mean, Lestat's a narcissist. Like, there's yeah, yeah, he's just nasty. But yeah, oh, of course he is. Yeah. Uh, he's supposed to be. <laughs> That's why, like people that were like in the vampire community because like that role-playing game was like super huge like mm -hmm. the area that I grew up so people would like live it and there was a guy who walked around called himself Lestat like very seriously and I was like that's not something like knowing anything about that person that you would want to be that person like no <laughs> that's not that's not the vampire I'd pick yeah <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah I so I love Anne Rice. I have all of her works, including her romance works and the mummy and all, all of them. But yeah. Um, yeah, I always wanted to like the movies so badly. And I was so bummed out. I went to see the first one and I was like, I'm probably not going to like it, but it can't be that bad. It was wrong. <laughs> and the fact that I, so before I saw them, I had read the books too and loved them. And I'm like, I don't know how they're going to do interview with a vampire. I did not know how they were going to do it legally <laughs> and keep to the story right. because of the being stuck in a child's body. And that is a big part of it, of, yeah. of the book. And they just skipped over most of it, <laughs> which they kind of had to. Yeah. Um, but I feel like nowadays they could do it with like AI and have that aspect of the story and how traumatic that would be to be stuck in a child's body, but be hundreds of years yeah. old. I don't know like how they're going to, um, because they, the Claudia story, they do touch on that, but they've mm -hmm. been, they've been, they have been careful, but I feel like they're setting it up to unfold more later. That's okay. what it seems like. So it doesn't seem like they're skipping over it so much as that they're 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 setting the foundation because they're focused on the fact that it's it's the in, this is the interview 
one, mm-hmm. right? That's the first book. So they're yeah. focused on, they haven't even finished the interview in season one yet. So, you know, there'll be a lot more to, you know, yeah. I remember reading her sleeping beauty series when I was, um, I want to say about 16 and this should have been a sign that I was asexual because I read it and I thought that the psychology was fascinating. That's it. I just was like, oh, this is really interesting. And the way she describes people's bodies is really unrealistic. But like uh, the psychology of this is really fascinating. And then I gave it to my friends to read because I was like, this book is really interesting. They read it. They did not have the same experience. And several of them are now deeply into BDSM. um, And they blame me for starting that. So I was like, just... I was kind of in the middle because I can see both sides of that. Um, I definitely felt a lot of things about touching on like consent and things like that. Uh, I, it took me a couple, I did have to put it down a couple of times and pick it back up later. Uh, But yeah, I I could see both sides of that. Yeah. I I think The part of it that was most titillating to me, like that actually had like a titillating factor was the um, having to wait the anticipation part Mm -hmm. because I love that. That's like, like one of my favorite games. So, yeah, but otherwise the rest of it was a long game. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But uh, yeah, the, the uh, rest of it was just, you know, it wasn't, you know, like I have no, absolutely no issue with, BDSM or any Mm -hmm. of that I used to like the music I listened to um it's commonly found in those clubs and so I would go to the clubs where they have dungeons and I would hang out and like just kind of watch the art and stuff that I know for other people is more sexual but like for me it was just kind of like art like the rope work Mm -hmm. and all that um I would love to like be able to do photography for that I feel like my perspective because I don't get sucked into it would be interesting but um it's just not for for me like you know Mm -hmm. if I had a partner that it was very important to them I could probably um, participate to a certain amount but there would be like a certain that I would not be able to provide and would be like you're gonna have to find somebody who feels this in order for them to like yeah provide it for you because I would just be going through the motions for the most part which is nice to be honest about because I feel like a lot of people force themselves into doing things for their partner that they're not necessarily comfortable with and that's also unhealthy and so there is some give and take like there's some like pushing a little bit of your you a little bit out of your comfort zone but there's also a hard limit of I don't feel comfortable doing this (laughs) yeah which is okay and that that should be able to be open and honest in a relationship yep I Uh, had a partner that wanted me to slap him (laughs) slap his legs hard enough to leave marks and it made me cry. I couldn't do it. it but was that didn't upsetting. feel very good to them either. Like, ah. no, <laughs> no. As soon as I started crying, I was like, "I'm sorry. I just I can't hurt you. I literally I can't. I have been through so much trauma in my life yeah. that the idea of hurting someone else is just, even if they enjoy it, I'm not able to separate it out for myself. You know, yeah, definitely. So. And you can, and especially using your hands, like you can feel what you're doing to them. And yeah, that's why I never. Sorry, controversial topic, but why I could never spank my kids because 
I wouldn't want to use any objects that like I couldn't feel what I was doing to them, but I also didn't want to use my hand and feel that I was causing them pain. And I was like, right. why, why can't I just talk to them? <laughs> right. Well, it, it shouldn't be controversial because every single study that's been done on hitting kids has shown that it causes adverse reactions. It literally causes your kids to behave worse, mm-hmm. causes trauma, causes issues later in life. There's, well, there's, and if they're not, not been- behaving worse, they're only doing it and repressing things. And it doesn't mean yeah. that later on in life they're not. Right. It, it's just, it's not good. It doesn't either. help them learn. It doesn't, it's, it's laziness on the parents' part. And, you know, if somebody gets offended, I'm sorry, but like if you, it, it takes work to communicate, it takes work to be patient and to put your anger and your ego aside when kids are not listening. And it's easier to hit, it's easier to give in to the anger. So that's why I call it laziness. Yeah. So. There's one time that I consider myself having spanked Evelyn. It's not really spanking. I was more moving her out of the way, but she's, I, I don't know. Have I said this story on here about Evelyn? No. Okay. So <laughs> I forget what I've already talked about sometimes. So she comes out of the bathroom and my room at the time was right across from the bathroom. And she comes in and she's like, mom, the, the trash can's doing something weird in the bathroom. Says it just like that. <laughs> this was like three years ago, four years ago. I walk in there. And she's standing there and the trash can is on fire. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I tried to pick it up to put it in the bathtub. And I was like, put the shower on and the bottom, because it was a plastic trash can was melted to the floor. So just the sides picked up and like the fire is still on the ground. Oh my God. So I take a towel, soak it and then like drop it on there. And I'm like, what? But when I saw the fire, I like tried to get her out of the bathroom. And so I hit her trying to push yeah. her out of the bathroom and so she says that's the one time I spanked her <laughs> I I swatted my son once and it was because he got into this phase when he was like three or so where he thought it was funny to do like the opposite of what we said and I was telling him um not to go in the street because it's dangerous and so he goes running for the street and it had happened enough times where I had talked to him and he hadn't listened. So I swatted him. I didn't like, I didn't hit him. It was like going with the motion. And mm-hmm. so it didn't even hurt him at all. He just like stopped and was like, what just happened? And I was like, are you going to listen to me? And then he like was like, okay. And it like reset him. But that's like the closest ever like hitting him I've ever gotten. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't even feel bad because I didn't really like yeah and, it, yeah and it worked and after that he started he started policing us and being like you don't go in the street it's it's dangerous <laughs> mm-hmm. but the fire thing is funny because like I had was a real fire bug when I was a kid <laughs> and my mom my mom was like if you're gonna play with fire don't be a fucking idiot that was like her like thing right that was my that was my stepdad too with us yeah so they basically just taught me how to be safe. And so I, w- I would play with fire in the bathtub and I I still got in trouble a couple of times or did things that sh- I should have gotten in trouble for. But like, for the most part, I, I was pretty safe about it, but there, I did have a few couple, few mistakes. We def- <laughs> I don't think we ever got in trouble for playing with fire because we were taught fire safety from such a young age. We were taught gun safety, fire safety, like water safety. Yeah. Um, after I well, almost I, drowned. We like burned down a 
a um, back fence, uh, like across the street. The thing is, is like I did everything they told us to, like buried it and everything. Mm-hmm. So I never really knew what happened. Like, I don't, I think there must have been something smoldering underneath and it, you know, cause we were like burning plastic. Um, so yeah, but it made like, it's like those pixie sticks, those really long ones. Mm-hmm. And when you burn them, oh, uh, like when it's, it, it goes oh. like that, it makes these cool sounds. So like we went and dug a hole and like buried everything. And then like a half an, eight, an hour later, there was like a big ass fire and thankfully like nobody's house got damaged, but that, that whole back fence on the, in the alleyway got burnt down. And my mom's like, do you know anything about that? And I was like, no, we weren't even over there. I've been here the whole time. <laughs> There's no <Yeah>. cameras. <laughs> we were at the park. I don't know. <laughs> Must've been the kids smoking weed over there. Like, yeah, <laughs> cause that was a popular weed spot. So <laughs> well that still might have been what it was and not even it, what you guys did it's true it's true it's possible but I just always I always assume everything's my fault so true well I'm <laughs> gonna tell you it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were because I remember playing with fire quite a bit um and we had lighters like my parents never got upset at us for having them they never assumed we were like smoking that's what I would assume <laughs> yeah because we weren't but um yeah, we would go down into it's so dangerous. Um, we, there's this big like field below my mom's house and with a tree and the tree like went down like this and kind of created a natural fort. So we'd mm-hmm. go in there and there was a bunch of naughty magazines and we would burn them <laughs> after we looked at them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah we but the field was so dry okay it's california it's san diego and it's a desert and it's so dry and i'm like even if you're being safe you could still start a fire down there and it did it did happen not while (laughs) i was down there and for years uh they told us that it was uh the homeless person who was living in that tree did it I found out who it was later and <laughs> they never got in trouble. Uh, <laughs> and I bet they listened to this podcast. <laughs> what's, what's funny is like, cause we did that and I assume that was me that did it. And then, but be- years before that, the, um, there was an orchard at the corner before they turned it into a park and that half of that burnt down and that was my uncle. So <laughs> it's like mm, family. <laughs> yeah. Pyros, so the whole lot of us. And yep. I always had candles in my room and Yep. I don't ever... like anymore because I don't like the air quality change from having mm. them, but I like I used you, to you're dry candles. out there though. Here it's really yeah. humid, so it doesn't I feel like it dries the air out when I have them. And I only have there's a couple that I like because I don't can't do the perfumey ones. But yeah. So most of mine are unscented, but I do have a couple. That one's cedar. So the, you know, the Ikea candles yeah. that they have, I, so I do keep some of their tea lights around and um, the scents that they use do not set me off. So okay. I, I'll get like the apple or the, or the red one that not the strawberry one, but the other red one. Um, and those ones are really nice without being like, without me reacting to them. 
Well, that's good to know because yeah I can only do like natural things scenting it and natural things that I don't have an allergy to so. yeah same yep so that's like cedar. I, <laughs> one of my one of my tiktok mutuals got me a um for my birthday last year or the is it last year a uh oil diffuser mm-hmm. and um and I just use like high quality you know, the oils that I'm not allergic to. I, so I react a little bit to lemon, but I really love the smell of it. So sometimes I do lemon, even though I know that I'm going to get a little stuffy from it <laughs> just because it smells so nice and bright and happy. Exactly. I do like lemon too. It was what, so when I was pregnant with Logan, I was working at Rubio's. Do you have Rubio's up there? Yeah. yeah. They don't not up here. here, but down in SoCal. Yeah. yeah. I used to eat there a lot when I was down there. And I had such, I only had morning sickness, like in the very beginning with him. And I would be, I'd be like, I'll cut up the lemons. I'll cut up the lemons. Cause I just want to, uh, yeah. And I would drink Sprite all day and just sniff lemons. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. I like. There's some of that stuff I don't know, like once I'm in the RV, if I'll be able to use because humidity is a real issue mm-hmm. in RVs. So I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to put like a water spray into the air. I may I may just like spritz the the oils places and let the smell be there without the diffuser. Mm-hmm. That makes but, sense. They make yeah. wearable ones. I've been iffy about those, though, being against my skin. Yeah. They're like stones that you dip or drop put drops of the oils oh on. yeah i've seen like neck uh not necklaces but bracelets that you can oh, do yeah, that the too beads. yeah they have yeah. both um and yeah i've thought about that but i don't know about holding them against my skin yeah i don't that was why i, n- I never thought about the bracelets because i was like yeah, i don't want it um that's a lot it's very like strong mm-hmm yeah, like other people can do it and it's fine, but having us having MCAS, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I know I react to everything. I react, yeah. you know, it's like I'll be fine for a while and then I start reacting to stuff. So it's not the repeat exposure would not be worth it. And people are yeah. like, always are like, well, what is it you're allergic to? And I'm like, what day? <laughs> like, yeah, right. I could I know be allergic I have- today to something that I'm fine with next week. So. <laughs> I have an appointment tomorrow with the, the weight loss clinic at Stanford and and like, um, I, I'm really looking forward to telling them about my relationship with food because yeah, I'm going to be like, well, I already worked with a dietitian and she couldn't tell me anything that I didn't already know. So mm-hmm. I, what I'm going to be looking for from them is not to tell me how to eat, but to do the tests to figure out if like my hormones are out of whack or whatever, like do the stuff that I can't do myself. Cause you know, the food is, I, I got that down. Yeah, there. I've been thinking about going to the weight loss clinic too, just because I've gained so much weight since switching my meds. And like the allergy meds and everything are just really notorious for not being able to lose weight. Yeah, and, I have PCOS as well, so that's yeah, like yeah. that's I've I've been managing my diet really strictly since I was like nineteen, and it's a lot of work and I never the only time I've ever been able to lose weight is when I get so sick that I can't eat like I literally have to starve and you know like I tried I tried metformin 
before I got sick, I tried that. Um, and I, I lost a little bit of weight, but not enough to be worth how sick the meds made me. And, um, and I was on like, um, 1300 calories a day and I was wa- walking five miles a day. And I was so energy depleted cause I wasn't eating enough, you know, and I was still barely losing weight. So it's like, the I love the people that are like, oh, losing weight so easy. It's just physics. I'm like, bitch, it's chemistry. Yeah, it's <laughs> not because like I right now most days I'm about that 1,300 calories, and I just don't have the energy to do anything because of that. And I don't even know how much of that 1,300 calories I'm absorbing. <laughs> right. Um, and it's just. Like I have lost some weight being sick, but not as much as you would think from not being able to eat because I'm just, because of all the protein drinks too, that I've had to drink that doesn't help. Um, And a lot of the things like the supplements for not eating is sugary. And so your body absorbs that, but it's not absorbing any of the nutrients. And yeah, I had that like when I was on the liquid diet, like dealing with the gastroparesis and the MCAS, like the, I, I had, um, I had smoothies three times a day and it was like bone broth and bananas and, you know, like, but there was like so much sugar and I couldn't figure out how to cut the sugar out and I needed it. I couldn't function without it because like, I just wasn't getting what I needed. And even with all of that, I still had malnutrition and my Mm -hmm. cholesterol was high because of the the sugar. And it was, you know, like my numbers are really good when I do the blood work, but like I've gained like almost 20 pounds since February, which is crazy, you know? And I didn't, yep. I didn't change anything except for have surgery. And it's like all my, all my like pictures and stuff are a little bit older and I'm like afraid to take new ones. Cause I'm afraid people aren't going to like me anymore. And I'm trying really hard to like, not care about that because I care about it more than anyone else is going to. And the, you know, and also the people that care about it a lot are probably not worth having around, but I was it's about to still say that. <laughs> really hard to keep, to turn that off. It right? is. Because, it you know, I, I was raised at a time in which being unhealthy, skinny was the ideal. And I still, when I see like healthy bodies, I think they're fat bodies because of that. Like my brain is very, very skewed. And I know that. So I tell myself that all the time but it hasn't become my reality. I literally am always having to tell myself, no, it's okay. Like, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm mostly worried about getting heavy and not being able, like, because I have health issues, I'm afraid of getting really, really heavy and then having more health issues and being able to do even less because of the weight and stuff. Like, like I want them to help me manage it. So that I don't ever get like, if I stated the weight I'm at now, I can make peace with it, but I don't want to become like obese. Like, yeah, because I don't want, I don't want the body pain and the additional health issues and, and stuff like that on top of it. I just like, please help me control this because I don't know what's happening. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And like the last time I went to the doctor and I've never dealt with this, I was pre-diabetic. And I'm like, I don't know what to do because nothing I can eat is going to help. <laughs> yeah. And I don't yeah. want to be diabetic. Uh, I've never dealt with that, like anything like that before. And I've always been underweight. Yeah. So now being like o- overweight, I 
feel like it feels weird it I don't know how I to like, describe it I get I gained weight in my arms and my belly which I, I've always just gained legs I've never gained weight in the upper part of my body and it I don't I feel like there is something taped onto me it doesn't feel like my body it just feels really uncomfortable and weird and mm-hmm. yeah it's um yeah and that's the other I used to do like a paleo diet um which is sort of my preferred but so much of that food I can't eat now you know like what am I supposed yeah. to eat yeah so it's uh it's, yeah it's really difficult I because I used to be vegan and um so I did the elimination diet uh for other things uh for my son and so I was doing it with him uh, the whole family was, I'm not going to cook a bunch of different meals. <laughs> so, right. so we slowly cut things out until it was like vegan, gluten-free, no dyes, no preservatives, nothing. And it didn't help him, but certain aspects of it helped me at the time. But those same things that helped me back then I couldn't do now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I like, I still tend to like, like one of my like go-to meals I can't I haven't been able to do because I'm not in my own space but once I'm in my own space and have my tools my go-to meals are like stir fries with lots of vegetables a little bit of meat and like quinoa or something like that yeah, like yeah. that's that's my normal like you know um and I'll be okay with that for a while and then all of a sudden like I won't be able to eat that vegetable anymore I'll start reacting to it and get all mm-hmm. bloated and you know and then like I have to eat like shitty foods because that's all my body will tolerate or or the stupid autism puts me off of food and I can't like I won't be able to eat it because I get an aversion to it which is like Mm -hmm. that drives me crazy because I'll get stuff and I'll be like okay I'm gonna eat this and this is my food plan and then like halfway into it I have to give it away because I'm not gonna be able to eat it for another year like you know stupid autism Uh, it's so true and because I'll get on those kicks too which is very common with neurodivergence in general is getting on the kick of eating the same thing <laughs> and then yep. you hate it and then you hate it yep. and hate it forever <laughs> I and... used to eat so when I was really poor um those chimichangas that are not as cheap anymore but they come in like a bat box at Walmart and they're like in an orange wrapper they're chicken and ch- or chicken chimichangas and I would eat just one of those and it was like less than a dollar for each one. And now because I ate so many of them, <laughs> the thought of them <laughs> makes me like want to vomit. <laughs> yeah. I'm there with these like uh, breakfast burritos that I got at Costco. They're they're actually like no preservative mm-hmm. egg with like different meats. And the um, I don't like sausage very much to begin with because of the texture and it finally, like, I got through a couple boxes of them where I was eating them, like, most most days. And then uh, now I can't do anything with that texture. So I, like, I got, like, a pre-made, like, Snap Kitchen uh, uh, ZD. And it ended up they used, like, that pork sausage. Mm. And so last night I was, like, like, trying to eat around the meat and just being, like, oh, like... <laughs> I'm usually not that picky like there's certain textures that I stay away from but they're not things people would normally make so um the last night uh the dinner that I had I couldn't keep it in that I didn't like something and I felt really bad because I didn't make it 
<laughs> like, like I took a bite and like you could see it all over my face that I was like, <laughs> yeah. I wish like I wish there wasn't so much stigma around not liking stuff like because like you can't help it it's involuntary it's not a choice you know but it's like I do if if someone makes food if they take the time to cook and I feel so guilty if I don't if I don't like it and sometimes I'll make myself eat it but then there's the chance I might throw it up because like the aversion will be that bad yeah my body will just be like nope they had made Mexican corn that's what it was and like I don't like Mexican corn anyway and it's some sort of spice in it I don't know what it is I don't usually like the flavor but also the combination of like the sour cream with lime juice makes the texture different and I don't like the texture because it like coagulates it I don't know I don't I don't I don't do white creamy stuff at all like I don't sour cream yogurt like all that just Mm -hmm. the textures and and the smell so yeah, that would, that would do it for me. I just don't, I just won't eat it. Just, nope. Not that my body digests corn anyway, but. Oh man. Yeah. No, there's no corn is. I, so I like corn, like, but like, it literally hurts to eat it, you know, when I do, cause it doesn't digest right. It's the same issue I have with seeds and like nuts and mm-hmm. stuff. So my body goes, you just ate rocks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my mom had, uh, oh, what's it called? The like pockets in your intestines. Divert- had- diverticulitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would make her so sick. And I would feel horrible for her. And yeah. is anytime she had popcorn or seeds of any kind. And yep. I, yeah, I like, there's like, <laughs> yeah. The, those diet the diets for diverticulitis are not I have a friend who it took her like two years to really get good about the diet for that and so she mm-hmm. kept going to the ER because she would get in pockets and, and it's a bummer because she was like 30 it wasn't like because yeah. diverticulitis is kind of considered old persons by the way people this is one of the reasons why you should eat a full fiber like good fiber diet is because that will help prevent the formation of those pockets yeah so, it's yeah. painful and sometimes you need surgery because it'll get stuck in there and it won't come out and then it gets infected and then you have to have surgery so yep. eat fiber <laughs> yep exercise your gut because it's important keep the pooper pooping <laughs> yeah what was it someone sent me an article yesterday that i wanted to bring up uh, about gut health that was about something I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's very like, informative. They're like, hey, you used to do this, and this now is linked to really bad gut health. And I'm like, oh, great. But now I forget what it was. So I will bring it up next time on growing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to have you on mine to talk about that. That's more go. like that's more more my speed. We'll do that. You're going to be a whole year ahead on yours. I know. Oh my God. I have so many, like, I was like, I want to keep recording, but then like, then I just have more and I have like 12 weeks worth. Yeah. I think if you randomly put out an extra episode in a week, especially if you have like your own and a guest episode. Yeah. Week, I think would go over well. 
I'm going to see like how like once because right now, like I have all this stuff happening in my life that gives me like content. And then like once I'm settled in, like and now that I've started putting the RV stuff into videos, so I don't have to put that into the podcast. Um, I'll see how if I'm still as prolific because I, I don't want to commit to like and yeah. I don't want to change things up too much because I can break the algorithm. Um, but True. if it seems pretty regular because I have started some of my more recent episodes are actually about things. They're not just about me. They're about mm-hmm. stuff. And so if I can get into that, then, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, right now, it's good to have extra, but, you know, it it may That's be. That's true. Event. Maybe just leave it that way. And then I'm going to see how things go. And then if if it feels right, I will start posting more often. But it just right now is frustrating because I want to post them all. I don't want to be. I don't know if anybody's listening, but you know, I'm listening. <laughs> you, you're listening. My friend in my friend in Ireland is listening, and he like messages me on Discord when he listens and says stuff like "You're a dork" and stuff oh, like that. By the way, we have a Discord, and I added the top four tiers of my Patreon. But if you're on both of our Patreons. Let me know and I will add you. So even if you're at the bottom tier on both of our Patreons together, I will add you in to the Discord chat. So let me know and we can look that up because we'll know. So if you're lying, we'll know. Only <laughs> I, I can send you. Know. I can send you my 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 Patreon list, but I'm pretty sure the only overlapping one I have is um Alan. Hi, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Yeah, if you're on both of ours, the bottom tier of mine is three dollars. The bottom tier of Lee's is two fifty, I think. And so, like for five fifty, you can be in our Discord chat, and we have a bunch of different topics on there and stuff that you can get involved in helping us with content and knowing where we're at with things. And we just made it, so bear with us. Yeah, it is. It is still being formed. I keep thinking about it and being like, should I go in there and post something? I don't know. Like, what go for mean? it. Go for it. (laughs) Post whatever you want. Um, So yeah, just be respectful. And I kind of put little descriptions on each of them of what those rooms are for. And if you want me to add a new room for something specific or a topic or anything, let me know and we can do that. But both of us have pointing the other way on yours. I was pointing the right way. (laughs) Um, Both of us have God power. So you can talk to either of us and we can add um topics we can do secret chats for people who are in both of our our (laughs) patreons and um yeah you can help us and yeah so we will we would love to see you there definitely it'll be fun to see as it takes shape and the community gets gets built and all of that definitely i'm thinking of opening it up to all of my patrons because it's for the two crows and as well as frightening frowen. Um, right now I have the top four tiers are in there, but I might add it to just everybody because I want everyone talking. Yeah, I have that issue with mine that like I I want to share everything with everybody, and I feel like people know what they signed up for, so That's they true. they're cool with it. But I want so I have like sometimes I share stuff with everybody just because I can I like use my god power and go I'm going to share with everybody but then I I've been pretty good about the podcast sharing making sure that's just yeah just with those tears and stuff like that and yeah but sometimes I get get excited about the art 
and I share it with everyone because I'm a little yeah. kid and I'm like, look at what I did. I have okay. stuff. Oh, speaking of which, I didn't even think about it when I put my headphones on, but I'm wearing <gasps> yay my kind of oh, they look cute. I'm thinking of wearing them in the second hole and then wearing dangly ones in the front one. Oh, that would be cool. Maybe the bat ones. Ooh, I have those right over here. <laughs> reach them. I can't reach them. No, you need longer arms. Let's look you at need these tentacle again. arms. <laughs> in case anyone missed it, she sent me two crows to put in my hair. Cute. Well. My hair's too fluffy right now. <laughs> and if I ever grow my hair out again, I could do that because I have curly hair. So once it's long enough, it just grabs everything. But I didn't say it. Lee made these and sent them for my birthday. I made them with polymer clay and paint, uh, <laughs> acrylic paint and glaze. And love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like some kind of TV show. <laughs> oh yeah, that I made those watching um, Outlander. Oh, yep. Yeah. Which we were just talking. I don't think we talked about it on here. But we, were, we were texting about. <laughs> yeah, goddamn plot holes. My okay. So my biggest pet peeve plot hole mm -hmm. for that show is that they say that the time travel works randomly, right? So that you don't know, like when somebody goes through how like where they're going to travel to in time and so like that's like a whole thing in the beginning of like no well you can't travel because you don't know like that you're going to go to the same place or whatever as she went except later on in the show everybody travels to the same place where she went exactly they and travel that just to the same that the time moves the same speed too in both places and then yeah. you're going back to the same time based on how long you were gone yeah, so like everybody she knows is can just travel mm -hmm. to her conveniently. And like, but there's other time travel travelers that came from different times that traveled different different jumps. Exactly. So her pe her people break the rules mm -hmm. that they established early on. And the entire show, I can't stop thinking about that. I couldn't stop thinking about that with uh the oh, what is her name? Um the one that they ended sorry there's there's spoiler alerts here <laughs> skip this if you want to watch outlander <laughs> i'm a, I, i'm trying to think i'm on the last season that was on netflix so no, this is earlier on so okay. the the girl that they ended up running back into in on the island um the redhead yeah the redhead so yeah. she traveled there later than her but was there before her so how yeah. did that happen? So so she had her her time jump was a shorter like how was it like 200 years that she that Claire traveled? Yeah. So what's her face must have traveled like 80 years instead, right? She just had a shorter jump. No, so, it would have been longer jump because she traveled after her to a time before her all right so she had so then it would have been like 100 and or 220 years or something, something like, like that. that around yeah there. yeah so she she fo she follows the rules that were stated originally even though it's still kind of convenient that they landed within the same ballpark mm -hmm. but you know the, the the stupid boyfriend husband who i never liked him because 
he's like borderline abusive and then um like uh he just conveniently travels perfect time to go mm-hmm. chasing after his love who conveniently traveled the perfect time to go chasing after her mom like mm-hmm. just yeah and there's lots of little things like that in the show and I try so hard to just be like and I'm like I'm crafting it's cool but every now and again I, I'm in the middle of crafting I go at the tv like start yelling at him just like that's not right are the writers even reading this they're not following their own rules (laughs) and the fact that it just works like it's just like that she figured it out the first time how it worked yeah and then was able to do it again also like would it have taken you that long to try to change things right it took her all she's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna make penicillin it took her how long to decide to do that like so (laughs) oh yeah 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 i i think i'm a meddler i would have started trying to change things way early way early on Mm -hmm. because you wouldn't know like the future wouldn't know that you did that right and you yeah, only I mean, know when you go back to the future because you were in it and you did it. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, and, and like either time travel works where it's a, a line and you've then changed that, you know, or it breaks off and either way, you're never going to know the difference, mm-hmm. you know, like. So and why you're not going just forward it? to a time that you haven't lived in yet, too. So, yeah, it's just it's just like. um I like when her daughter just I'm just gonna go back and I'm not even gonna be prepared and mm-hmm. you know just yeah and I was I'm like gonna oh. be homeless now because <laughs> yeah just like okay no then. money no <laughs> <laughs> we're all just yeah. missing people and <laughs> I mean it's 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 still it's still entertaining but it's what I call junk food tv yeah yeah it's, it's up and there I... with Grey's Anatomy like it's just junk food tv which Grey's Anatomy I watch because I know an extra in that. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I started watching it because I liked the, um, the medical stuff. They had like really crazy medical things in the beginning. And then like, I got sucked into the the drama. I don't even watch drama stuff, but I got sucked into it. But then after a while, it's like how many really crazy bad things can happen to the same person? Like, okay, okay, we're we're doing this. And then you start, you start, you get to the beginning of an, a season and you already know some crazy shit's going to happen at the end to these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and how, how do they not all have CPTSD? Like, I know, <laughs> especially after <laughs> the plane crash. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah did you watch private practice yeah i liked private practice i like I her too. that actress i like her yeah and she should be the main character yeah i'm glad Mer- they brought her her back on yeah meredith is not my faves <laughs> no definitely not um she's kind just, of she's very flat but not in a good way yeah like there's a way that you can be a more dry character and have dimension. Right. Yeah. She's just kind of she's just kind of there and then they built this world around her, mm-hmm. you know. 
that has like all the color and stuff. I was sad when like Christina Yang left because yeah, I liked, I liked her. I like that she's in um Killing Eve. Did you see yes, that? Yes, I did. I, I love that. I it. love that show. I love the the woman that plays the um the serial killer. I love her so mm-hmm. much. She's so good. Like she gets so like quirky and excited about what she's doing. And yeah, so I love that show. I feel like if I was a serial killer, that's how I'd be about it too. Right. Just <laughs> confident and quirky, like. <laughs> there's this guy <laughs> I also Enough just said. love the the show was written like in a way that like women are people they're mm-hmm. not written it's not written because they're women because there's shows where they try to be like grow woman or whatever and combat like the bullshit that's out there in media but they it's make a caricature too- of a woman yeah and this is more like they're just they're just women who happen to be doing these things and but they also wrote it so that the men are secondary characters the way that women are usually secondary characters yeah and i like that just just for like the the twist you know mm-hmm. yeah that's a good show i need to finish watching that one yeah i was gonna re-watch hannibal but now i really realize i need to watch uh inner or ugh, vampire chronicles yeah yeah oh hannibal i gotta rewatch that one of these days so it's not just like, is it called interview with the, what was it called interview uh, interview with the vampire it or is or called interview it, the show is it called yeah. interview with the vampire okay i didn't know if it was the whole if it was called like the vampire chronicles or not i don't i think it's interview with, it's just interview with the vampire yeah okay. i probably wouldn't have realized what it was if it said vampire chronicles i would have ignored it <laughs> <laughs> that's what the whole series is called together yeah <laughs> it's true i just would have thought it was like one of those teeny bopper shows or something so oh, I true <laughs> yeah i wouldn't have, i don't i'm not into any of those i don't i never even could do buffy i couldn't do um I school age I, like I don't buffy. well i can't identify with the characters or the socializing or any of that so it was really hard for me like i associated myself or at least wanted to associate myself with characters other people normally wouldn't I really like Spike and he's my favorite and then I really like Drusilla (laughs) she's like (laughs) who everyone hates yeah (laughs) I yeah somehow without watching that show I actually know what that actress's face looks like so yeah I don't know there you go she's memorable <laughs> <laughs> i like that she she kind of is like harley quinn but with spike yeah and then she breaks off from him and is kind of like harley quinn instead <laughs> of i just watched birds of prey it was not my favorite but i i like the premise <laughs> yeah i i haven't i haven't seen those movies i'm not super into the superhero stuff so um it's like I've watched a couple of the Batman movies. Um, some of them were good. Some of them weren't. I watched one of the Superman movies, but it's just not. It's too something for me. I don't know. I like I some of the animated ones. Like yeah. um, the animated, the, the 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 Flash animated one. I can't remember where he goes into the alternate timeline and Batman's all dark and spoopy and stuff. I like that one. And I like yeah. Teen Titans. I love Teen I was about to say Teen Titans is probably the <laughs> yeah. best DC. Teen Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they're probably the Teen Titans is my favorite DC series. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't like the the live action movies they've been making for a while at all. Um, I wanted to like Birds of Prey just because of the premise of what it is, but I do want to watch the the animated series they did of all the villains together, the female villains together, mm-hmm. uh, where Harley and uh, Poison Ivy are together like, romantically. Ah. I feel like the animated ones hold true to the vibe better than the live action. The live actions, they end up kind of making certain aspects like empty or they romanticize things they shouldn't or mm-hmm. it just kind of, yeah, it, I don't know. I keep having people tell me I should dress up like Harley Quinn, like because I do clown stuff and people are unable to see clown without thinking Harley Quinn. And I'm just like, <laughs> they did that no. to me too. <laughs> so my cop, I have one costume that I did that I did it for me like it was it wasn't exposed to the character at all it was just me dressing up and it was what I was what I wore to pride one year and everyone just said it was Harley Quinn so I was like my the wig isn't even Harley like it's not it's a rainbow wig yeah um and then I did do pink and blue like just one eye pink and one eye blue purple one eye purple I think I wonder if I saw that did you, sh- you probably did you ever- have i've i've posted them a few times yeah they're from my old account so i've been posting some of my stuff from my old account to the new one slowly yeah but it's like people will just see me and be like oh you're like harley quinn and i'm like but it doesn't look the same at all like, yeah you know but it's i know it's just the way that people have like really generalized associations and stuff so yeah or they, i just i'm not try to connect it with something you already know yeah because i think it makes them feel more comfortable when they do that oh yeah i remember that but the i can it's it's not but i can i can see it more than my stuff it's closer to it than yeah just because you're being you're being cute and sexy and like there's the the two (laughs) different colors and you know my stuff's a lot heavier looking usually and Mm -hmm. yeah but I mean, people are going to see what they're going to say. I just not going to dress up like Harley Quinn. I'm sorry, but you know, I also don't. Yeah, (laughs) I also just don't feel like you know, I'm not built for it either. It's just the new, but the new Harley Quinn, I approve more of people dressing up as than the old Harley Quinn just because she isn't with the Joker and she is her own person and she's not being abused anymore and now she's dealing with her cptsd from the abuse um so that's the premise of the new harley quinn and why a lot of people are flocking to her but there's also a lot of people using that new harley quinn and like putting it with the joker and being like yeah that's my yeah they don't get it's like the twilight books people romanticize those but it was an abusive dynamic and i was just like like i remember the first twilight book when it came out I picked it up and was scanning through it at the bookstore and I was like, this is not, this is not healthy, like at all, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and just put the book down and didn't think about it. And then it like blew up. And I was just like, what are people going through in their day-to-day lives that they are romanticizing a dynamic like this? And thinking and that that's what it was they always want. supposed to be like that too, because it was fan fiction from another book that is also extremely abusive, which people blew up and people were all over as well, which is Fifty Shades of Grey, and yep. it's yeah, all of it's just like nope, 
No, yeah. but I did. I did like torturing someone with watching all the Twilight movies recently. They had I, never, I, they had never seen them, and I was like, "Fine, we're gonna torture you." <laughs> I've only seen the first one, and I watched it at a live Mystery Science Theater three thousand with Weird Al. Okay, that I would love to see. <laughs> and it was still boring. Oh. It was still a boring movie. They were funny. The movie mm-hmm. was, they could not make the movie better. And I think they vibed that. I think they were like, Pat Oswalt was there. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was great, but it was kind of like, the vibe was kind of like, what do we, you know, what do we what do, do, we with, do this? with this? <laughs> <laughs> so many long, long drawn out stairs and, you know. Well, and her like, I can't even do her face thing, but like her mouth thing that she does. I... <laughs> um, What's her name? Uh. uh Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick, I think is her name. Um, she played Jessica in the movie, and which is like a super like subpar like side character. She would have made such a better Bella. Like, like if she had played <laughs> Bella, that movie would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I'm trying to think if I've even seen Kristen Stewart in other stuff. She was like, just in something that I was that I watched. Like, like is she can she act? Was because you know how sometimes when a person doesn't act well, it's because of the directing. Like like the Star Wars movies that mm-hmm. um the five, four, five, six, whatever. I can't remember the orders. The ones that came out like in the nineties that they were not so good. And the actors, yeah, these phenomenal actors. In, one, two, um, three. One, two, yeah. Three. They, I guess the order they came out in was four, five, six, but they are one, two, three. They, um, they have phenomenal actors in it, and they were all like awkward and jilted and like, you know, oh, yeah, oh yeah. And it was like at the time we're watching it going, you know, Ewan McGregor was like a huge was, name, and we're yeah. like, what is going on? Like, he's a great actor, and he was great right? in the show. So he's in, um the not the mandalorian um oh he is he in the mandalorian i'm trying to remember um he's in one of the ones that's in that world with like during that time and it may be boba fett he's in one of those the obi-wan his own show (laughs) obi-wan okay so he's in he's in that show he's also in those other two that crosses over and he does great in that so they must have a better director for the yeah. show um yeah and i'm glad they got him to come back and play that character again and be able to show that he could yeah um, because he did a much better job um in that show did you watch his um the reality show that he did back in the day long way around um he rides a motorcycle around the world and um of course it's motorcycles so of course i watched it but um i don't even like reality tv but it didn't have the even though they did the formatting to like draw people into the next episode, they didn't create drama. They just allowed the story to be told, which helps a lot with, uh, you know, but um, it was really, really well, well done. It was really enjoyable. Just, you know, like there's at a point where he's just like, I can't, he's like crying. He can't, it's just too much. Like, you know, and like a suspension breaks on the bike and like all this stuff. And yeah, it was, uh, I was just like, cool. Now I want to watch that. I didn't even know that existed. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know like how well known it was. It was, I think, because the motorcycle 
community. Mm-hmm. It was, and it was like, Ooh, McGregor did this, did this motorcycle thing. And he did another one where, so he went around and then he did another one where he went up and down and I didn't, I didn't watch that one, but he also wrote a book about it. Okay. I will look into that. I might get the yeah. book if I can't find the show. Yeah. So that's cool. He's really intelligent and really emotionally intelligent from what I hear. Yeah. Um, so, cause I know when he was working on Moulin Rouge, I knew some people that worked on that movie and they all said how amazing he was to work with and how he even settled things. Like when there was tension between people on the set, like he would go and like talk to each of them and be like, this is a job. This is what we're doing. Like we cannot let this affect what we're doing. And <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like yeah. when we, when there's an actor, um, that we never hear about that they are probably pretty cool and down to earth because mm-hmm. we never hear about them. Yep. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were like that. Um, gosh, there was another one that my, that I know like a relative of mine worked with on planet of the apes. Who was that guy? <laughs> Mark. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg yeah they said he was actually a pleasure to work with too yeah I heard he was really down to earth and I know like he went through like a whole thing with like when he was doing music and then like he had an injury from like weightlifting and so then he back in the day he actually would like speak out against like getting way too buff because it mm-hmm. can cause like serious issues and stuff like that, that. was when it was like really into like roid out and get really buff we never yeah. liked that guys we never liked that <laughs> yeah that's uh that's for the male gaze not the female gaze (laughs) i don't get it (laughs) like i I just realized in shape (laughs) yeah just i like i don't even like like gym bodies i like bodies that look like they move in day-to-day life so there's it's like like the muscles show up when you use them but there's not like an excess all the time. And when they're relaxed, they feel relaxed, like really buff bodies feel strange when you cuddle with them. It's, it's, um, it doesn't feel natural. Feels like you're cuddling some warm stones. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, I'm not into the dad bod. That's very popular because the dad bod has, um, a lot of visceral fat on the torso and that's very unhealthy but I have no issue with like chub. There's like a difference mm-hmm. between having a lot of visceral fat. Visceral fat is the fat that's in between your organs. That's what causes you to be predisposed to having like heart disease and all this other stuff. Right. So, but a little bit of outer chub is like fine. And a lot of times women are like, Ooh, I love the dad bod. And what you're seeing, you see the wide torso look and that's the high visceral fat, which like, I just see health issues that as the female would have to take care of later when, when they catch up to him. And I just go, Nope. <laughs> yeah for me I more look at women's bodies so <laughs> yeah I look at I mean I look at everybody but I don't I I really only look at people that other people look like if someone goes oh look at this then I analyze it otherwise hmm. I'm pretty oblivious I don't I don't think too much about it at all until like unless somebody like flirts with me and then my brain goes and thinking, Wait, thinking about it right now, though, it's not really their body I'm looking at, though. It's the whole 
show of what's going on because like the lumberjack girl on tiktok that i really like (laughs) it's the whole it's not anything to do with her body shape it's nothing to do with that it has to do with what she's doing how she's doing it and how confident she is coming across and like so her body could be shaped differently Mm -hmm. but if she was doing the same thing you would have the same reaction exactly exactly yeah yeah and that's it that's just it would be the same for me like if I'm gonna notice anybody at all it's for what they're doing or Mm -hmm. you know not so much for their but I do I do analyze health that's like a thing like I would think about that you know like if I was going to get involved with somebody male or female I would Mm -hmm. be like looking at that and being like okay you know how well do they take care of themselves because like we're all gonna have things it's not about like if somebody has health chronic health issues that's not going to make me be like well I'm not gonna be attracted to them I'm gonna want to know what they're doing to take care of it and know that they're Mm -hmm. taking care of themselves because I have to work so hard to take care of myself that the last thing I need is someone in my life that doesn't do the same like because you knowing you I would take care of them you would do it for them yeah because I can't leave it alone yes so you would (laughs) that makes so much sense because you wouldn't be able to help yourself you would do it for them and yeah (laughs) my my ex lost 60 pounds when we first met because of me because I I started making like foods for him to take for for lunch to work and I started teaching him about diet and all that stuff and like Mm -hmm you know, and I just did it. It's my love language. And so like, because I know that I do that, I have, I have to select somebody that is going to make it not a lot of work so I can take care of myself too, (laughs) because I want to take, I Mm -hmm. want to be able to do things for people. I just, there has to be like, and unfortunately, if we're going to make stereotypes about like genders, men are way less likely to take care of their health issues. They're, they're more likely when they get a diabetes diagnosis or heart disease, disease diagnosis to refuse to take, take any of the steps to take care of it. And so they're more likely to have repeat heart attacks or more likely to have severe diabetes issues and stuff like that because of, unfortunately, the culture has warped them into feeling entitled to the things that hurt them, mm-hmm. you know, and also our culture is just not very good at telling us that the things we do for ourselves are actually because we deserve them. We deserve the good health. Yeah. Right. You know? Um, and I, I like, I'm just adamantly like, do not, I would just end up resenting so mad. Yeah. You don't deserve that. You deserve to be picky. Yeah. Nice. I just want to have a good time. Support somebody. They support me. Yeah, exactly. I don't care about any of that. I just want to have a good time. I think that's why I gravitate towards people. So if I'm going to be in like a polyamorous relationship with people, I gravitate towards people who already have like a main partner or primary partner because I don't want to feel like I have to do all that stuff for them because I will. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. And especially if it's making phone calls for them or trying to get them appointments and get their medications and do all of the stuff I can do um, I'm going to do it and I don't want to have to <laughs> I li- I'm like literally sitting here being like why are we so compatible because I need some of that not all the time but then I'll there's call like for you that- you call for me yeah. <laughs> and then there's things that I could do for you and like <laughs> you guys there's wedding bells now up here <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but for, for real though, it's it's a struggle, struggle bus. I've never had people do stuff like that for me. I, I've always done for other people, but not it's it's never been like my last relationship was the closest thing to that. And it, he just paid for us to eat places. And <laughs> you, you know, that was kind of because I didn't way out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even get that in my prior relationships. I paid for most things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did all the caretaking in the pain. I did. I do too. Actually, now I think about it, all the dates that I've been on, even like friend dates, I end up paying. (laughs) I like feel now that I'm in a position where I cannot pay for stuff. I feel like Mm -hmm. every time someone's like, oh, let's go get, I'll pay. And I'm just like, oh my God, I feel so weird. Like, but I just try to be honest about that with them too, though. And so they can understand like, Hey, this isn't what I, this isn't my desired thing. And I do appreciate it. I'm not used to this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and they most people because i there are only a few people that i actually trust enough to let them pay for stuff mm-hmm. um mostly my female friends um and i learned early on that like guys will say that they're gonna pay for stuff as friends and then like a few weeks later they're like you owe me and so i am very reticent to allow like my guy guy friends to pay for stuff yeah um i i completely agree yeah sadly. so it's mo- so it's most and they all know I'm very like I'm very chatty about like oh, I'm really uncomfortable right now you know so yeah it was kind of nice I ran in, so at the run fair I ran into somebody hi Tim he listens <laughs> um ran into him at the run fair he he saw me there with my staff he's like oh, Tyler <laughs> <laughs> and so we hung out all day with the I was with a group of people and he paid for some things um just like we were all kind of paying for mead <laughs> uh, throughout the day. We're trying to hit all the mead um, places. I don't think any of us got a, the least bit tipsy because we were like all sharing one mead yeah. each time. Just but sampling. He gave me a sticker for the Tortuga twins because um, we went and saw the Tortuga twins all together and they liked his tattoo. So they gave him two stickers. So he gave me one um, and then he paid for some of the mead and stuff and that was really cool because we were all doing nice. it. So, it was- yeah, it's different. Like when you're in a group and you know, kind of like that kind of vibe where you're yeah. just sharing, sharing in the experience. And mm-hmm. I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of group experience, so I can imagine it, but I can't, I haven't experienced it. I've never gone anywhere like that with a group, and it was really fun. <laughs> yeah, I've been like to like maker's fair with like five or six people and then we just kind of wander around and then we'll meet up for lunch and then we wander around and then meet up near the end of the day Mm -hmm. and like I'm going again later this month um because my friend bought me tickets and uh that it'll probably be like he's gonna go with his girlfriend and go do stuff and then I'll I'll run into them on occasion and be like what's up what'd you see what's cool and then I'll wander off again what'd you you buy (laughs) yeah did you get anything what what nerdy what nerdy thing are you going to be into next week that's so cool I just forgot while you said that and then it dawned on me what that was again I was like oh it's like a craft fair no it's not yeah (laughs) it's it's a tech it's a tech craft fair because there's yeah there's some stuff but it's not the only real like like uh, crafty stuff is the steampunk area okay that's cool you'll have to take pictures and send them to me I will. Hopefully you find something as cool as Casper. Right. Like I found at my craft fair. I, went to. Well, I, I don't have a shopping budget, but I'll take a picture of it. 
<laughs> yeah, you don't have to buy it. Just show, just show me what you yeah. find. <laughs> yep. Maybe a robot ghost. Yeah, a robot Casper for a dollar, like Casper was. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, I have some videos on my YouTube. I'll, I'll send you a link to that I've taken at previous Maker Fair because there's like some cool stuff. Like they do like music using um, Faraday cage, stuff like that. What? Yeah. Okay, hey, that's cool. I like there was a cool museum that I used to go to the children's museum, but I liked it. Uh, <laughs> they had a blue man group room where you made music with different things that weren't instruments. And it was really, really fun. Cool. It's like there's a Kong paddles with pipes. And yeah, I, dude, I would be into that. The So the Chabot Space and Science Center in Oakland has a Bill Nye room. Yeah, and it's for kids, but it's all about like climate change and all of this stuff. And it's so much fun. It's very hands on and I love it. And it's Bill Nye the Science Guy. Bill, Bill. <laughs> My science teacher in middle school, I think I, I think I have mentioned him already on here. So I'm sorry if I have. But in case he listens to this, because I've been trying to find him. His name was Jim Rowe and his, we always called him Jim Rowe, the science bro. <laughs> and uh, he, he uh, set the fire alarms off trying to make s'mores on the Bunsen burners. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I've been trying to find him and I, I thought I did once, but it was not him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the name of the cool science teacher that I told you about, like the threaten my stepdad I don't oh yes yes I cannot I cannot remember his name like I don't know like if I I don't know if I could like if I could find him if I looked up like teachers from those years I bet that you could if the school still exists I bet they have all the like old yearbooks from the school that they could look up the teacher for you from that year I might have a I did I get a yearbook that year I think, I think I did. I know I got one for my ninth grade year because the popular girl, the the yearbook people, and they cut my head out of everything. What the fuck? So I was, I didn't have, I was not, my autism alienated me a lot. But to (laughs) do that, like that's Yeah, I I I was. Oh my gosh, I wish I could go back in time and like go and just be the person that I needed at the time for other people. Because I know, like, I was very isolated as well. I did not have a lot of friends, and people thought I was weird and awkward and did not know what was wrong with me. Yeah. And the only time I had friends was when I had a boyfriend and had their friends. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't even, I like, and I had the ADHD talking thing. And then like, also, like, I think I have the autism talking thing. So like, I would just talk and I, the nerds were scared of me. So even though I was into computers, I couldn't even hang out with them because they were scared of me. I literally had to hang out with adult neurodivergent people who at the mm-hmm. time I didn't know were neurodivergent, but looking back, duh. And, um, <laughs> they yeah, might not and those were know. the, yeah. And those were the only people I could really like click with were like these people in their 20s you know so I was like 14 and I would hang out with adults um, yeah because people my age I was I mean I was like 12th grade reading level fourth grade mm-hmm. and I, I cut school to go to the library 
I didn't cut school to smoke weed. I didn't cut school to do the sexy time. I didn't, I cut school to go to the library and the librarian knew me and knew I was truant and wouldn't report me because she had met my mom. Mm. <laughs> I never cut school in high school, except for when I was sick and stayed up. Um, but in high school, I was very, I was the opposite. So I was very quiet. I was afraid to say anything because I did do those things. And I knew that if I did those things, people would think I was weird. And so I would just not say anything. And I would, I got really good at being really quiet. (laughs) Yeah. And so guys, for some reason, liked that. (laughs) (laughs) And they'd be like, you're my girlfriend now. And I'd be like, oh, I guess I am. (laughs) Yeah. I had a few, a few boyfriends like that who just I don't know if they got curious about me or whatever but like they'd walk me home from school and then be like uh so I guess you're my girlfriend now and I'm like I don't you know and then three days later we would we would break up so (laughs) because I mean yeah I didn't even I didn't even you know they would have conversations with me and and not understand anything I said and you know Mm -hmm. and uh yeah. And I, it took me a while to realize that wasn't good attention either. So that's true. And, and that took me a well, I knew it wasn't good attention. I didn't want it, but I didn't know how to not have it and not be mean because I was so yeah. afraid of coming off as mean because everything I wanted to say was socially unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. So I, like I said, I didn't say anything. And so I was like super quiet in class, never got like a note sent home for being too talkative in class. The only time I was, was when there was a subject that was preferred of mine that I would just word vomit and like teach the class. Yeah. Which happened (laughs) more than a few times. But my favorite time was when we were talking about Vlad the Impaler. And I was like, (laughs) I know everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's yeah. I I got really into like when we were dissecting stuff. So I did it all like I did it like three D. Like I pushed it up on the pins and like did all this, you know. And that teacher didn't like me, so I didn't get a good grade, even though I did really good work because he just didn't like me. And uh, my mom called and threatened him, and I got a better grade. But um, because she that was like one of those. I just told her I was like the, the teacher. I walk into class and he tells the class I do drugs because I have blue hair. And I don't, it's not fair because I got a bad grade. And she was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have a, I have a friend that lives here and we met when our kids were in, in school. So we met as like parents at a school event and we clicked and we've stayed friends since then, but we're about the same age and we were doing the same things in school, but in different cities. And it's mm-hmm. like, we could have been like the best friends doing the weird stuff together, mm-hmm. but we were like, you know, 50 miles apart. And uh, it's interesting to like, kind of talk about that and think about like what it would have been like if we'd met each other, like back then. Mm-hmm. True. That's the hard thing. There's people I've become friends with now that went to my high school that we never interacted at all too. And, and I'm like, I wish that we would have, cause we both felt the same way. Like we both felt like we didn't fit in. Like we both felt like we couldn't say anything, especially in the school that we went to, because it was a lot of those people had been going to the same school since kindergarten. Um, it was a, a fundamentalist Baptist school. 
Yeah. And uh, very small class sizes. So very tight knit little groups of people. And we both felt, or the person I'm thinking of, we both felt like we didn't fit in. And like we had friends because we were in activities, but they were really just teammates or whatever. They weren't really friends or anyone we were like deep in friendship yeah. with. Um, I recall one friend that is definitely also neurodivergent uh, that went to school with me um, that we were friends and I wish we still were, but I think she's afraid to be my friend because I found out that she dated my ex-boyfriend <laughs> and then when I married him she unfriended me on everything oh even though they dated in high school that's weird <laughs> I'm like who I'm cares mad at you yeah that's yeah I have one friend that I've known since fourth grade and they um they during our teen years they felt very jealous of me but it wasn't they never said that we never had a conversation they just mm -hmm. went and slept with like all of my friends and then um and then would like become like really aggressively like oh but you like her more than me kind of thing which is what made mm -hmm. me realize but then they were like also telling um telling like lies and so we didn't i stopped talking to them after a while because of that stage teenager drama shit right and then we ran into each other like a decade later in San Diego of all places, like, you know, 600 miles wow. away. And then, and then we sort of reconnected and, um, they ended up meeting their, their spouse through me and they, they've been married for ever since then. I don't know. It's been like 15, 15 years or um, 10 years. They've been together 15 years. They got married in 2013 and, um, and stuff like that. But I don't, because of the the trust breaking in the teen years and the fact that they never came back to me and said, Hey, mm -hmm. you know, I know I did that stuff. I'm sorry. I've always kept them at like this length where I'm really careful. And also like when I've had get togethers, I would invite them to the get togethers and they would dominate the get togethers and then kind of mm -hmm. like act like, like they knew me better than everybody else. Um, and be a little bit possessive. And so I kind of like just went, see that's some like of the same behavior again. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, um, I don't really know what to do with that. So I, I just kept, I kept, I kind of keep my distance where I talk to them online sometimes, but I don't really, you know, and they'll be like, oh, you're so important to me. And I'm like, thank you. I just, don't I don't trust you. So yeah. I don't know what that's based on. It must be some sort of attachment disorder type thing going on there that they need to work out. And I don't think they probably realize they do it. Yeah. Probably, probably why they haven't apologized. It's probably because they don't even realize what they're doing. And you're yeah. probably not, you're probably not the only one they do it to. So. Yeah, definitely not. I'd say like some of those stuff, the issues that hurt the, their spouse has they have in their marriage are um yeah suggestive of that i have a i have a I, kitty on my lap hi Mosh. i bet I hit my head on the sorry oh, no. i bet that even if they heard us talking about them in this podcast they probably wouldn't even realize it's them probably yeah it's very likely so <laughs> and i you know there are there there are aspects of them that i really appreciate i just wish that like that one thing I, yeah, I just prefer like a more authentic, open connection with people. So mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. 
I think we've been on here for like three hours again. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) We need to do this more often so that we can like get it out of our systems. I was thinking I'm probably going to set up like two specific days a week for podcasting that I'll do like half the day researching and half the day um, recording. Yeah. And and then we can figure that. I mean, the appointments make it so hard. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, after those are all done and I'm only going yeah. to regular appointments, um, that'll be easier, but next week I'll, I'll get you my schedule and then I need okay. to get a hold of our guests that are going to be coming on and schedule with them. Cause we have a few really cool ones that want to come on. So awesome. that'll be fun. You might have to split this one up into two again. That's fine. <laughs> it's not the problem. But again, you all, thank you for joining us on Frightening Frowin. <laughs> Look out for tree squids. Look out for tree squids. <laughs> and if anyone wants to make us some fan art of a tree squid, <laughs> <laughs> we can put that shit on a t-shirt. Right. <laughs> a mug yep. um and i'll post our patreons in the description as well as lee's gofundme if it's still up at the time it is we're getting yeah. close but there's still yep. so much to go and um i want to thank everyone who has contributed to that um it'll continue to be posted on our episodes as they come out um until things are met so that would be awesome but if you want to contribute in a way that you get something back, joining the, the Patreon, uh, Lee's Patreon is a way to help buying from Lee's shop. Lee has lots of cool things and doesn't want to have to store them all. So please buy them all. <laughs> she wanted to make more, but she's been making so much lately that she needs to store it because she wanted to have yeah. a bunch of items, but there's nowhere to put it. So buy it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly buy so i can make <laughs> and to contribute to the podcast here uh, my patreon will be there as well uh every tier helps even the, the smallest one and you will get episodes early the audio episodes early no matter which tier you're in on mine um yep. and yeah i think that's all the housekeeping do you have anything? Oh, and, and watch Lee or listen to Lee's podcast on Lano's and we will post that. I think we have yeah, I post, a lot of places. I post um, on most of the places that you can find Two Crows as well as um, YouTube. And then on my pa- Patreon, I post um, both this, this, the Frightening Frown and mine uh, ad free uh, on the same schedule, everything's posted. So it's not early, but it is ad free. So that way, if you don't have a subscription to like YouTube red or whatever, you don't have to deal with the ads. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, if you're on the Patreons, you'll get episodes ad free. Uh, you don't have to wait through portions of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, the video, I have not figured out how to post that early, but, uh, if you want to pay $75 a month for me to have Vimeo, (laughs) you don't have to do that um um, but yeah so if i have more patrons i'll be able to have vimeo as well and be able to justify that um and yeah so that's that's all our money talk and 
but you just listening and watching in all the places helps us and helps us be able to hopefully get some sponsors and affiliates and that'll keep us running here. Yep. Love you. Thank you. You guys are awesome. All right. Let me 